For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Good afternoon and welcome to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're usually the first thing that pops up, so we're very easy to find. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger, and also I'm here every weekday, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. Today is Thursday, September 26th, which means we do have football tonight, and you guessed it, we're going to be talking a lot about it. Uh, first segment, we've got NFL picks with Chip Cherimis, Chiefs Lions, Jags Broncos, and of course that Thursday night game, Packers Eagles, where the Packers are favored by four at home. Total sits at 47. Uh, and some numbers in this one that I thought were interesting. Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Eagles, is 4-0 on Thursday nights. But you know what? The Packers this season are 3-0 and also 3-0 against the spread. So it just depends on which number you want to take there and believe. Uh, followed by our college football sharp betting report with handicapper Joe Duffy. Where's the sharp money this week? What teams does the public like? And major line movements. What are some of the line movements we've seen on some of these games and what do they mean? Because if you're not an expert handicapper, sometimes you need this info decoded. And we've got you covered. And then finally, we've got our rapid fire college football picks where we go down the line with Tony T and Craig Trapp. And we give picks on a whole bunch of college football games, including some really interesting ones, including Ohio State, Notre Dame, Auburn, all the big dogs, a lot of top 25 teams in action this weekend, of course. And we do have some top uh, 25 matchups. I do believe uh, USC Washington one of those and a really interesting one uh, in the Pac-12 that's been a little crazy this season. <laughs> we'll see if UCLA can score some points again this week after scoring 67. Who would have guessed it? Uh, we've got a great show, lots of stuff to dive into. We're starting off with NFL, starting off hot with Chip Chirumis. Uh We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Stick with us. We'll be back. semi-annual sale to enjoy huge limited time employee savings. That's 800 by Dell. And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger, and right now, let's dive in to some NFL with Chip Cherimbus, who is here with us in the studio. Hello, Chip. How you doing, Chelsea? 
Yeah, doing all right. And we've, we've actually got football tonight. It's, it's been a great. long we, week yeah, without it, football. Well, you know, <laughs> Mondays and Thursdays, pretty soon we'll be having it on Wednesdays as well. But um, one of the opening games on Sunday, one of the more interesting games, are two undefeated teams are playing. Right. I guess you could call the Lions undefeated. They are undefeated. They, they do have a push against the um, – what was it opening day against the Arizona was, Cardinals? It was the Cardinals. Yeah, it was a tie. What a way to start the season. So, and, yeah, uh, just to frame this game a little bit, Kansas City Chiefs, Detroit Lions. Lions are dogs in this one by six and a half. Total sits at 55, just so people know what we're talking about. You know, Tails, I've sat and said that this Detroit team is one of the worst coach teams in the NFL, and I'm looking to play against Patricia as much as I can. Last week we had him as a big-time winner, and this week – all the heavy action on this game is coming on Kansas City. They are 3-0 and straight up. They are 3-0 and against the points. And I'm sitting here, and I'm getting, being a little quasi-scared about this Lion team because of their coaching. I mean, Matthew Stafford hasn't proved the winner against big clubs, against winning clubs. Chelsea, he's had um, a horrible record against teams with good records. Although they are 5-2 and two in their last seven games, the Lions came on strong at the end of the year last year. I believe they beat Green Bay. It was 31-0 or 41-0 to close the season. But in their last six games, the Detroit Lions have gone over the total six straight times. Now we'll play the Kansas City side here because on the road you expect Mahomes to um, maybe be a little intimidated after having such a great year he had last year. And yet Kansas City is 8-2-1 against the points on the road. And they've been favored a number of these times, Chelsea. But that may not be the way to go on this one because they, as well as the Lions, played to the over. 16-5, Chelsea, the last 21 games on the road. 8-3 and three to the over, their last 11 overall. I have the definitive side on this, and if you can log on to the website, you'll have this winner on Sunday between Detroit and Kansas City. But I can tell you right now, if you want to play a game where you can sit back and relax, we call a rocking chair game, play the over on this contest. I don't know how you can do anything else, Chelsea. Kansas City just put points on the boards with Mahomes, and Detroit's the only way they can score is with a passing game with Matthew Stafford. So I see this game, Detroit 6-0, and the last six overs. Um, Kansas City 8-2, excuse me, 16-5 on the road to the overs. I think it's the way to go. I'm not going to lie. I rolled my eyes a little bit when you said Patrick Mahomes was going to be intimidated on the road. No, he's I not. I just don't no. see it. No, he's not. They're 8-2-1. and one, And you would think that a rookie going out on the road in the NFL might have a little shortcomings and might come up with a little problems. But he has played beyond that, and he puts points on the board. He already has 10 touchdowns and 1,100 yards in three games. And no interceptions. And he has LaShawn McCoy, who's actually looking like the old Shady McCoy of old. I'll tell you, his, that's certainly going to improve their running game and help their balance without a doubt. And uh, I guess McCoy is real happy to be there. Right. I would almost consider, I know you don't do halftime or half bets, well, but I can almost see Kansas City running out to a big lead in this one. Might very well be. And, you know, like the, a lot of teams do put up save fantasy points in the second half when they're right. trailing. You know, Arizona's done that really well this year um, with Kyler Murray being there where they've got, dropped behind and fell behind. Yeah. And then he put up a lot of passing yards in a meaningless situation, much as Jackson did against Kansas City, this club, last mm -hmm. week when the Ravens were in Kansas City. Right. All right. So you're taking the over in that one. In the I'm side definitely, I definitely play the over. I think that's the way to go. And, and if you want the definitive side of this one, I will have this as part of my overall Fab Five on Sunday. Log on, follow the buy links, and become a big game winner. All right, let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Denver Broncos. Uh, Broncos favored by three in this one because 
Probably it's at home and the Broncos have one of the better home field advantages in all yeah. of the NFL. But the Jaguars, you know what? Their defense is really good. Uh, they sacked the Titans nine times. And I think that's going to be an issue against Joe Flacco, who Tony T likes to call the statue. <laughs> well, not the, very mobile. Well, the statue, believe it or not, in three games has had the throw for 775 yards. It's because they, the Denver Broncos no longer have a running game, and they certainly don't have a formidable defense anymore. Um, they're only three points at home against a rookie quarterback. He's only uh, Gardner Minshew, who we love here. You know that. He's thrown for almost 700 yards. But, you know, this Jacksonville team hasn't played well at all. In the last 15 games, they only have four wins against the point spread, though in the last six meetings at Denver, They've gone five and one. But Joe Flacco is leading this Broncos squad. And I'll tell you, the Broncos need a win in the worst way. And uh, they, you know, they just surrendered one against Chicago um, a couple of weeks ago at home. They did get the money for us. But uh, Denver needs a win in the worst way. They've only covered four of their last 14 at home. They're eight and 20 against the AFC. And it just looks like Jacksonville's the better club here coming in as an underdog. They're 6-2 and two against Denver in the last eight meetings. But, you know, um, Chelsea, I think there's intangibles that go on here. And I think playing in the Mile High City and Denver having posted a win as of yet, I give them the edge here. I think they're going to come up big. Although we said Jacksonville is 5-1 and one against the points in the last six meetings at Denver. I think that uh, Denver needs this, and the home field finally is going to come into play. All right, let's move on to tonight. The Eagles and the Packers, I got them. Uh, at minus three and a half, but I think the number right now sits at minus four uh, for the Packers playing at home against the Eagles. This Eagles team has not impressed very much this season, and I think a lot of that has had to do with their drops. They have 11 drops this season, so Carson Wentz can really put it in there, but if you don't catch the ball, uh, that's an issue, and it doesn't really matter how good the Packers' defense is if nobody can catch it. No, you're absolutely right. They had they had seven visible drops this past week in the loss of Detroit, and they also in had, big situations too. And, big, and they also had a intercept, a defensive touchdown return called back because of a penalty, and they had an offensive touchdown called back because of a penalty. So Philadelphia just hasn't put it together as of yet. They're allowing over 300 yards a game passing and even though I have posted a side in this game and it's on the website right now and you can log on to preferred picks and get it Detroit excuse me uh, Philadelphia needs this game in the worst way on the road they're coming in one and two they won their opener and they seem to play up to their competition Chelsea so they're 4-0 against teams with winning records on the road but Philadelphia is so banged up, Chelsea. They are so right. hurt. They managed. They had to cancel practice one day this week because they couldn't actually get enough players out onto the field. Now, the, this Green Bay team has just turned things around this year. They're 3-0, and but they haven't done it with, with Aaron Rodgers. They've done it through their ground game. They're only averaging 19.3 points a game, but they are allowing 100 less yards passing defense than are the Eagles. And um, the last five times these teams have met, the Eagles have actually gotten the money for the times. And Green Bay, you know, coming off of last year, they've really struggled, Chelsea, against the NFC. Five, 11, and one in the last 17 against the NFC. And that's not a recipe for collecting money, but they are at home here. And they've been doing it with defense. Philadelphia's having trouble moving the ball. Chelsea, I think this game stays under the total. And I think it stays under easily on Thursday night. All right, let's play a little game. It's called Pick the Stat That yep. You Like Better. Doug Peterson, 4-0 on Thursday night football, but the Packers are 3-0 and 3-0 against the spread this season. Which stat do you like and why? Well, I would have to say I'd, I'd probably like the coaching stat 
uh, more oppo as opposed to the smaller sample with Green Bay this year. Um, very, very fortunate, and they are 3-0, and and I think they've surprised a few people, and they may surprise some people tonight. They are favored over Philadelphia, and um, being 3-0 and at this time, that's a smaller sample. Being 4-0 um, in that situation over it had to be four different years, right. I would imagine. Even so, though you look at the Eagles this season and they have not performed the way everybody thought that they were. Very would. disappointing so far, and particularly against Detroit where they were, you know, Man, prohibitive favorite. Man, that was a tough one to watch if you're an you Eagles know, fan. But you know what else happened there, Chelsea, is that number on that game, which opened six and a half, um, the Vegas odds makers and the wise guys and everybody knew what was happening, and that line closed down at four even because of the injuries that had happened to the Eagles last mm -hmm. week and the players that are playing that are hurt, that are hobbled right. out there, yeah. and that, that doesn't help you much either. But uh, they're coming up. They're going to show up on Thursday night, that's for sure. And right. I'm, look, I'm looking for a great game between these two clubs. Uh, just a couple injury notes. Alshon Jeffrey will play, but Deshaun Jackson is no. out. So two uh, receiver Updates for you guys, even and though the problem has been the other receivers. And poor Aguilar got dragged on Twitter by it, some guy in a fire. Did you see, see that? No, I did not. But, I, you know, missing Deshaun <laughs> Jackson is, is certainly is Well, certainly yeah, and he's a big play guy, too. Yeah, he's a, he is their big play guy. Right. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see it tonight. Uh, also visit the website for some of his key plays. Yes. And as always, thanks for joining us, Chip. Yes, Chelsea, it's been great. It's always a pleasure, and I hope to see you again tomorrow when we'll be doing college and NFL football as well. Football, football, football. And you guessed it, we've got more football after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Stick with us. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger, on this Thursday afternoon. And right now we've got handicapper Joe Duffy joining us. Hello, Joe. How you doing, Chelsea? Coming off a, a great weekend in the NFL, and I'm very happy for you. You're going to have a little girl, and you said you're basically going to raise her to be just like my daughter is. <laughs> I know. It's because all of these feminine traits uh, that we like to pin on girls, you know, I'm not a huge fan of them. I bet on sports. I played sports. I was a college athlete, and I don't paint my nails. So, so. Yeah. And as soon as I'm done talking to you, I'm going to go to her softball game. So, you know, you, you got that's the way she is. Right. I played softball in high school. I was a pitcher. So, fun stuff. All right, so let's get to the brass tacks. Let's get down to our college football sharp betting report because that's why we brought you on because uh, you're always full of good info. Let's start off with the public consensus. What are the teams that everybody is liking this week? Yeah, and Chelsea, I always like to explain that the first category is who the public is betting on based on the percentage of bets. A $5 bet would count the same as a $5,000 bet, and some people may say, why? Well, that's because people who believe in contrarian information, betting against the public, they think the most valuable information is who is the $10 better than the $20 betting one. But anyway, the biggest plays in terms of percentage, Fresno State, Clemson, no surprise there, SMU, then Northwestern over, and Hawaii over the total. So just uh, on those four teams or five teams, I didn't count. Uh, what do you take from that information? Is that a piece of the puzzle, or do you bet on that exclusively, or is it just something to consider? 
Yeah, like I said, in previous years, I used to weigh it much more heavily. Now it's more corroborating information. And the truth is, when I do use contrarian information, it's more on a weighted scale where I know the public loves to bet favorites. So really, when the public is betting an underdog, and I know elsewhere they say bet against the trendy underdogs, I agree with that. So it not only depends on the percentage, but what the spread is, because you know the public's going to tend to bet more on a big favorite. When they're betting on an underdog, which is not quite as common that's really when i take note and that's usually when you want to bet against them all right so where's the big money this week have we seen any large bets uh and where's the the big bets you talked about some people betting the five and ten dollar bets uh what about the opposite of that where are the big money going this week uh, yeah chelsea and this you want to if you agree with these picks a general Rule of thumb would be to bet them now because the line's probably going to move in the direction where the big money is. If you disagree with these, maybe wait a little bit because you're probably going to get a better line. But Louisiana, Lafayette, and this is in terms of the percentage of money. Coastal Carolina, Minnesota, of course, we're talking about University of Minnesota, Southern Miss, Akron, and Central Florida. Okay, so now let's talk about sharp versus square. First of all, kind of give us an insight why sharp versus square matters, and then uh, what teams the sharp and square money is on uh, this week. Well, a lot of people say, look, you want to pit the big money against the square player, the guy who's only betting the $10. And based on those metrics, the sharp versus square would be on Minnesota, again, Minnesota Gophers, that is, Southern Miss, Coastal Carolina, and by the way, the NFL version of this report will be on the Picks and Parlays YouTube channel. So those of you who are listening on the radio, you finally get to see my boyish look. So make sure <laughs> for the NFL version, you check out the Picks and Parlays uh, YouTube channel. All right. Well, have we seen any big line movements this week in college football? A little bit less than usual. And the first one was is with a, an obvious explanation. Houston opened up as a two and a half point favorite to North Texas, but they're now getting six points. But again, that was the result of Houston with their bizarre announcement that a couple of their key players are going to redshirt so they can return next year. So that was bizarre. But uh, Utah State went from 20 and a half uh, over Colorado State. They open up and they're now a 23 and a half point favorite. And they're really the big line moves this week, less than usual in college football. Right. I think that Houston one is because De'Eric King, uh, their quarterback, uh, like you mentioned, I think he's the one that's redshirting or he's hurt. Bottom line, he's not playing. <laughs> yeah, All right. definitely result. Yeah. So let's talk about some of these games. Let's get to Arizona State and Cal, where Cal is favored minus four and a half. Total sits at 42. Uh, what are you seeing in this one? Yeah, and a version of my bubble burst does apply here where teams that are off of at least three wins, they have at least three wins and off of their first loss of the year, usually a good go against to the rate of 480, 386, and 16. And that would say to go with California or to fade Arizona State. Uh, Arizona State with their true freshman quarterback, Jaden Daniels, and two true freshman offensive linemen. They're a work in progress. They did allow 10 sacks in the first three weeks, and they improved greatly. Only one last week, but still, you got to expect some inconsistency from a freshman-laden team. And the fact that they're off of a pretty good effort, you know, you could see how they could be in for a letdown, especially that they did have their bubble burst. So California is the play here. Uh, both of these teams have a quality win, per se, Arizona State over Michigan State, even though I think Arizona State, you know, they got lucky. 
Uh, Michigan State had too many people on the field and lost it that way. Uh, and then Cal had that big win over Washington. Uh, so both these teams have capabilities of winning big games. Who do you see in this one uh, based, based on that, I suppose? Well, I want to say this. I, I, I was one of the few people who liked the Herm Edwards hiring. I think, you know, somebody who's a rah-rah a, a type coach, I can see how he's turned this program around. It didn't really surprise me. But, but like I said, Chelsea, I don't think it's just so much off of the quality wins. My handicapping here is, as I said, once a team, the higher the, my basically my bubble burst theory is the higher they go, the harder they're going to fall. So the fact that California is, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Arizona State's off of the lost is really why I like California more than any quality wins. Right. I see this game as being one that might not be very fun to watch. Uh, both of these teams are averaging less than four yards per carry in the run game. And it's tempting to look at the, the total, 42, which is really low. But both these teams thrive on defense. Would you look at this total? Yeah, and it's interesting that Arizona State is off of a 65-point game after three straight low-scoring games. Um, I do have a system. Perfect. Thank you, Chelsea. I do have a system that essentially it compares the current total to previous totals. We use the odds makers' knowledge against them, and it goes under at a 373, 246, and 15 rate. So, yeah, I would definitely uh, strongly look at the total as well. All right, let's go to another game, Texas Tech and Oklahoma. Oklahoma favored big in this one, minus 27, where the total sits at 71, which is a huge number. And obviously, Oklahoma can score points in bunches. Their offense is really proficient. Texas Tech, um, I, I thought about taking them uh, at plus 27. It looks juicy, but Texas Tech has not looked good this year. Yeah, and one of my biggest, one of the biggest changes where the computer says software gets better. I'm a dog player by nature. I don't like laying the wood, but I got to go with the facts. And as I keep saying, college football is the one sport where I do often bet big favorites. Oklahoma, they're averaging a ridiculous 10.9 yards per play. And going with big favorites that average seven or more yards per play in week four or later are 120, 67, and four. And it used to be this system has cooled down a little bit. This used to be one where I know a bunch of sharps basically had the same system and would bet it all the time. Now it's been about 52% over the last three years or so. The big favorites off of the bye week are a great play, still 85 and 43. A big favorites in a game that's expected to be high scoring, also a good play, 160, 108, and uh, 12. And look, we know about Jalen Hurts. You can see how Jalen, you know, to get that Heisman, it would be nice to put up the big numbers there. Oklahoma's three deep at wide receiver. Big mismatch, but again, with Jalen Hurts, you can see how Oklahoma has the motivation to kind of, you know, keep him in there and, and run it up. So as much as by nature, I'm not a chalk guy, I'm going to go with Oklahoma laying the 27. All right, I have a question for you. This is something that I've yeah. talked with uh, with the other handicappers. Do you think watching the games almost gives you a bias that you can't shake when you're betting on some of these teams? Because I know some handicappers don't even watch the games. Um, no, I, look, there are some guys out there whose opinions I enormously respect. I call them organic handicappers, where they watch the games and they know the strengths and weaknesses of each team. So I think for the organic handicappers, it's much more important to, to, to watch the game. But I also do find one of the biggest mistakes that some of the organic handicappers make, they always look like for big height advantages at wide receiver. They look at the height of one team's wide receivers and then the height of the defense. So when they see mismatches, I think they tend to overplay that. 
So I really I think it depends on what type of handicapper you are. Like I said, I consider myself an advanced analytics guy, but the more organic handicappers, and there are some guys that I trust that I know they watch these games religiously. So it, it kind of varies, but no, it, it doesn't buy any bias I have goes out the window once I sit in front of that computer. <laughs> All I can think of when you say organic handicappers is people shopping at Whole Foods for their <laughs> snacks <laughs> for when they that, bet on these games. Yeah, that's, that is my term. That's the kind of a term that I use, but I, I think it's more of an old-fashioned, I guess, an old-fashioned handicapper where way back in the day before we had these computers, guys would look at the strengths of one team, the weaknesses of another team, and go with it there. But then again, that's one of the reasons why the public loves to bet favorites so much, because the favorites are always going to have an advantage over the underdogs when you analyze the, the strengths. So I don't know, Chelsea, you can come up with a better term. I, I'm all ears if you want to come up with a better term, but that's, that's kind of a term that I like to use. Right. It just it's used so much these days and farm to table yeah. and everything like that. So well, <laughs> just roll you know, my on, the side, on the side, I'm a restaurant critic. I do some moonlighting there. So I, I know all about that. By the way, Chelsea, I got five NFL uh, this weekend, including my interconference dog of the year, seven college football Saturday tonight. The NFL total, like I said, I'm red hot. In the NFL, I got uh, tomorrow some college football. Tonight, I have two college football as well. So just just visit uh, picksandparlays.net. I got a humongous weekend off of the big weekend. Right. I was going to say you did especially well last weekend. So that's a good selling point for picking your picks this week. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of my long-term record, but I know a lot of handicappers want to know who's hot. So I've got both of those, and I feel really strong about even even tonight's portfolio and all the way through Monday, in fact. All right, good stuff from Joe. As always, after the break, more football on Picks and Parlays Radio. And we're back on Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're usually the first thing that pops up. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger. Right now, let's get to some college football rapid fire picks because we've got a whole lot of football games this weekend. And we want to cover a lot of them. We've got Craig Trapp and Tony T joining us here in Las Vegas. Guys, we got some winners dialed up. We certainly do, Chelsea. <laughs> Better. I, I got to pick it up after last week, Tony carrying me. So. Oh, no. Yes, yes. But week Our, five is, is like the turning week because this is when you start to get the uh, conference play. So it's going to be an exciting week. Right, and it's not a small sample size anymore. So no. you don't have any excuses. All right, so let's start with Rutgers and Michigan. Michigan is favored in this one, minus 28. That's a big spread to cover. Uh, Michigan is 2-0 and and 0-2 against the spread, so not a good team to bet on so far this season. Rutgers is 1-2, and 1-2 against the spread. Uh, and do we think that Michigan takes out their frustration on Rutgers after that big loss to Wisconsin. You know, Chelsea, yes, I believe they will. We see the line here, Wolverines minus 28, total 49. I'm going to go ahead and lay the points with Michigan. They need a response after that spanking they took to Wisconsin last week. And look, as we talked about yesterday, there's still a path for Michigan to redeem their season. You know, Wisconsin on the other side of the bracket uh, in the Big Ten race, they can still get to the Big Ten title game. Uh, so uh, their, their destiny is still in their hands. And, of course, Shea Patterson can put up big numbers against an opponent like Rutgers, who they've dominated the past several seasons. 
Well, I think this one, I, I like Michigan in this one at 27 and a half as well, but I think the stronger play is the over. In fact, the last five years, these two have played five straight over games, and I think Michigan could go over by themselves this week. I don't think you're going to see any calling off the dogs in this one. Jim Harbaugh needs an impressive win. Um, I think Rutgers probably gets 10 points, and I think Michigan gets 40-plus in this one. So I think the over 48 is a very uh, strong play as uh, Michigan bounces back in a big way as Jim Harbaugh, maybe critics, at least silenced for one week. Right, and I'm sure they'd like to get that offense going, and this might be a good time to do it against Rutgers, a, a, a less solid opponent, I would say. Dormat, let's just call it. Dormat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to number 18, Virginia, at number 10, Notre Dame, a big top 25 matchup here even though Notre Dame is favored in this one I believe I don't have a number what's the number guys I've got uh, Notre Dame favored 12 and a half total 40 and a half Chelsea and I like this game a lot so much that it's my best play from Saturday's college football you can find it over at picksandparleys.net up right now on the expert side well I think this one comes down to how does Notre Dame bounce back because they played so impressive I mean Notre Dame fans were so busy patting themselves on the back, <laughs> patting the team on the back. I mean, moral victories. I never thought I'd see the day where a powerhouse like a Notre Dame historic powerhouse, that is, uh, would pat themselves on the back. But that can have a holdover effect the next week against a Virginia team that I won't say this is their Super Bowl, but if they win this game this year, I think this team is going to have a very solid season ahead. I like the under 50 and a half as the best play because I think it's I think both defenses will be up to the task here. But I think I think Notre Dame could be in trouble here. I think Virginia um, easily covers this one, and I would maybe sprinkle a little money line in this one because uh, it'll be pretty juicy uh, as an underdog as Virginia, of course, uh, not a public team. I don't think I agree with a money line pick just because I thought Notre Dame actually looked pretty decent against Georgia. They held their run game. Uh, I think that was a conservative game play uh, by Georgia trying to wear down their line, but. Well, this isn't about who's better. This is about, you know, college kids have letdown spots. This is the ultimate letdown spot for Virginia because Georgia, they gave Georgia such a good game on the road. You mean Notre Dame? Uh, Notre Dame gave yeah. Georgia such a good game on the road. Now they come back home. Easy to let down when you come back home. I think Virginia is really good this year. I think they're the one team out of the, actually out of the ACC outside of Clemson that has a shot to do something this year and, and really uh, make some noise. I like Virginia here to cover. I think the better play is the under here at 50 and a half, but I'm definitely going to have this in some Moneyline uh, underdog parlays that I have. All right, let's move on to some Pac-12 action. Number 20, 21, uh, USC facing number 17, Washington at Washington, who's been really good at home uh, in previous seasons. Washington is favored in this one minus 10, at least when we did it the other day. Total sits at 59.5. Uh, Tony, who do you like in this one? All right, let's update the lines here. As we look here, uh, Washington now up 10.5 points. They have a total up to 61. And uh, I'm going to take the points with USC plus 10 and a half. You know, there's some parity in the Pac-12. I always like watching this Pac-12 conference race because the teams really gear up to try to get in that Rose Bowl because it's such a prestigious bowl to get in. And USC, a little undecided yet on their quarterback, but still it's a, it's a plug-and-play system in the air raid right. offense. And, of course, they're uh, completing 75% of their passes. Really good receivers there. We saw Washington put up a stinker against Cal at home. And I think USC can generate enough offense here to get to, to get the money here. Plus 10.5 is a lot of points. The back door can also be open here. And uh, I'm looking here at USC plus the points. Well, this is my Pac-12 game of the week. Get it over at picksandparlays.net. As far as the side, that's my Pac-12 game of the week. But if I was going on, the, on this game as far as a free play, I would be looking at the under here. I just think it's a little too many points. I think USC... Got a little lucky last week with some of those what we would call jump ball passes that were just thrown up for grabs. Uh, Utah's you know, defense was playing, 
I don't know what they were doing, to be very honest. <laughs> a terrible defense in the secondary. I think Washington's secondary is a little better. Um, so I think the under here is a solid play. But my top play is going to be on the side as my Pac-12 game of the week. I think what you mentioned about the receivers just getting those jump balls, that's why I'd be nervous to, to lay the points with the favorite here because USC can come in and, you know, cover the points at the end because they can score in a hurry. But well, they do have a big Pac-12 uh, you know, it's a coaching conference. I, I love coaches that are really good. Chris Peterson, probably one of my favorite coaches to bet off historically. A lot of that goes back to the Boise days. But uh, Clay Helton had a huge win last week, but he needs a follow-up uh, to that. So that'll be the interesting matchup as far as a coaching matchup there. All right, let's move on to the SEC, Mississippi State at number seven, Auburn. Auburn favored in this one, minus 10.5. Total sits at 46.5. Uh, Craig, Tony? Who are you liking this one? Well, we see a little line movement here now. It's Auburn minus 10, total 47. So there's been a little money on the underdog here. But I like the favorite Auburn minus 10. Uh, you know, the Tigers have pulled, up, pulled off impressive wins to Oregon. And that Texas A&M win on the road was impressive with their physical style of play there. You know, Mississippi State, I think, a little tad down this year. They lost a lot of their pieces on defense. And, of course, the, the question marks are at quarterback. Tommy Stevens, they're not sure if he's ready. The backup was, is banged up. So uh, Mississippi State quarterback uh, situation right now in limbo. And uh, we see defensively they're giving up over 357 yards a game. That's Mississippi State. Uh, even at Kansas State put up 31 on them. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and lay it here with, with Auburn. It's also a revenge game here. Remember, uh, last year Mississippi State won 23-9. Um, at Mississippi State, of course, right, that one was. with the cowbells. Yeah, I, you know, this is a tough spread here. That double digits in SEC play, even if you're the home team, is pretty tough. I think I'm going to go against Tony here with Mississippi State getting double digits. Not that they're very good. Like uh, like uh, uh, Tony said, had a lot of players they had to replace off last year. I don't think they got to there yet. They're playing a lot of young guys at those spots. But I just think Auburn's in a letdown spot a little bit here. I think Auburn wins, kind of like a lazy win um, in that 7-8. And if you can get this number at 11 back where it was when we uh, covered this game earlier in the week, that would be a, a much stronger play. But at least if you get it at 10, I think you take Mississippi State and the points in an ugly matchup, and, which I think it says that. The total set at 47. <laughs> ugly matchup? Well, when you see a total of 47 and a half, they're not expecting a lot of points here. Well, I think that's because Auburn's defense is really good, really especially good. against the run. I think they're only allowing uh, 89 yards per game when it comes to the, the run offenses that they're playing. So uh, I think it's more of a testament to their defenses. Well, it would be interesting if Auburn lost that opening game what this line would be because that was like a, a premier game where a lot of people that might be the only time they've got to see Auburn play this year so the public is definitely on Auburn with that uh, huge come from behind win so well and they just beat Texas A&M right. those the were their two yeah those are those are great wins I just think this is a, a letdown spot after a huge win at Texas A&M last week and then or like I said a, a come from behind win to open the year as well all right staying in the SEC Kentucky South Carolina South Carolina favored in this one by three total sits at 53 and interesting side note you UK has won the past five meetings between these two teams. Uh, do we think South Carolina finally gets over the hill? Tony? Yeah, I'm going to go with South Carolina here minus a three. There's some quarterback issues here with Kentucky. Of course, they lost their starter, uh, Terry Wilson, for the season. Sawyer Smith dealing with an injury, but he was cleared to play, so you got to worry about that Kentucky um, offense here. They will only average 17 points a game over their past two contests. South Carolina, a little better offense here, moving the football for 443 yards a game, but they're averaging over six yards to carry on the ground. I like that a lot. I'm going to go ahead and lay it here with South Carolina. Well, this is what I call the yuck game of the week because yeah. of the games we're covering. This one is, is going to be ugly. I, I, don't, I don't think uh, 
Either team's very good. Missouri beat this uh, South Carolina team 35-14 to last week. I don't really know how good Missouri is. Um, and, you know, Kentucky uh, with the backup quarterback yeah, here. Yeah, they're both playing with backup quarterbacks. That's, to me, that's just, I, I don't know. I'm taking the points, not because I love this game, because Kentucky historically has done a little better in recent years. Like you said, five straight years of winning this matchup, which Kentucky doesn't have a five-year winning streak versus many teams in the SEC right. ever. So, to me, I think Kentucky's had their number. I'm going to take the points in Kentucky. I could see even the points matter at the two and a half, three points. I could see where this ends at one or two. It's just such an ugly game. Low scoring, total set at 50. Under is definitely a play for me as well. I'm interested, I'm interested to see how Ryan Holinsky fares in this one because we saw him against Alabama, and he actually looked pretty decent. He got SEC uh, Freshman of the Week honors in that game, but then he played against Missouri on the road and didn't look nearly as good in that one, but this one is back at home. So I'm wondering if he looks a little better for South Carolina. Uh, moving on to UCLA, Arizona. Arizona favored in this one, minus six and a half. Total sits at 71. That is a big number. Uh, Tony T, how are you feeling on this one? Well, I have to look here at the underdog here. UCLA, I see here, plus six and a half. It's really tough to lay points with Arizona. Their defense has just been atrocious here the past couple seasons, past several seasons. Even Rich Rod was there. Uh, they've given up over 40 points a game in four of their past five. And that's what even an FCS opponent, Northern Arizona, put up over 40 on him. We saw UCLA wake up in that game against Washington State. They'll carry some momentum here in this game against Arizona. But again, based on Arizona's defense, I just cannot lay points with them. I'll take UCLA plus the six and a half. Well, as bad as that defense was, they did win. They did beat Texas Tech 28-14, which I could not believe they held Texas Tech to 14 points. I thought for sure that one was going to be a shootout. And this one kind of looks the same way, but I'm not. I just, I just can't see them holding two teams down in a row. I like the over this one. I know it's, it's high, but it's high for a reason. Last year, 31-30. The year before, 47 to 30. Year before, 45 to 24. I mean, these two play a lot of uh, high-scoring games. UCLA defense has been oh so bad this year. Um, I think the over here, and, and I, you know. I don't believe in this UCLA team, so I can't play the side, although I do think, like Tony said, hard to lay more than a touchdown or a touchdown with uh, against the Arizona, which is not very good on defense. I just think, I think I'd almost go against you and say the under on UCLA, just because if you take out last game, their offense has been terrible. Granted, their defense, uh, not that great either, but I think the line is sometimes overcompensating for last week's game, 63, what was it, 67-63? Well, remember when they played Cincinnati in the opening Thursday game? They moved the ball a lot more than what they saw the points. I think uh, they scored 14 points in that game. They probably should have had 28. They threw. Uh, they had two turnovers down in the red zone. Arizona, right. Arizona gave 41 points to Northern Arizona. That's all you need to make. <laughs> but I'm saying for an offensive genius, Chip Kelly's offense has not looked good this year. So I'm wondering if they can score enough. Because 71, that's a high number. Well, but you got to get both teams got to get 35, basically. Yeah, and, and Arizona is not a resistance defense. All we'll see in the Texas Tech game, that's when Bowman got hurt, too. So. Yeah, they didn't have uh, their quarterback for most of the second half. I think, I think this one is one of those, they're begging you to take the over. So usually that means I do take the under, but not this time. All right, we've got, what, one minute left. Right. Ohio State, Nebraska, just enough time to cover this one. Ohio State favor, big in this one. Minus 17.5 is the line that I had earlier this week. Uh, I could have changed. Total six, at 67. Guys, picks on this one. All right, I got uh, Ohio State. has come down to 17. I'm going to lay 17 until Ohio State doesn't cover. I mean, Nebraska's defense uh, gave 38 to Illinois uh, last week, and, of course, they give a lot of points to Colorado in that contest. Uh, Buckeye speed, they generated over 500 yards of offense. Lay the points here with Ohio State. 
I agree with Tony. I mean, this I, I hate Ohio State. I, I live in Ohio. <laughs> I live in Cincinnati. I don't like Ohio State, but that's how good Ohio State is. Uh, Justin Fields puts on another Heisman-like, uh, Heisman-winning type performance. Lay the 17 and a half, 17, 18, 19. Ohio State wins big. Right. They've been one of the most impressive teams in college football so far this season. Absolutely. All right. That's our college football rapid fire picks. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger is my handle. It's just my name. And we've had a very animated and lively discussion about college football and NFL uh, today on Picks and Parlays. And in case you weren't paying attention, don't worry. We've got you covered or you're just tuning in. We're about to recap all of our picks from today's show starting with Chip Cherimbus, who came in and gave us, gave us some picks on the NFL. Kansas City at Detroit, uh, taking the over 54 and a half. Jacksonville at Denver, taking the Broncos minus three. And tonight's game, Philadelphia at Green Bay, uh, taking the under 46 and a half, uh, is, I'm assuming, not 46.6, <laughs> but, and just so you know, Chip has been 10-4 and four in his last 14. Yeah, he's doing pretty good. Uh, moving on to our college football picks, I believe, with Joe Duffy, who also gave us a nice little report on the sharp money in some of these games. Uh, Arizona State at Cal, taking Cal minus 4.5. Texas Tech at Oklahoma, taking Oklahoma to cover that big spread, minus 27. And finally, our college football rapid fire picks, USC at Washington, uh, picking USC plus 10 and a half for Tony T. Uh, Kentucky, South Carolina, South Carolina minus three. UCLA at Arizona, taking the Bruins, UCLA plus six and a half. And Virginia, Notre Dame is Tony T's top play. You can find it at picksandparlays.net. Moving on to Craig Trapp's college football picks. Uh, Rutgers at Michigan, taking the over 48. UVA at Notre Dame, under 15 and a half. And Ohio State, minus 17 and a half at Nebraska, taking Ohio State in that one. And his Pac-12 game of the week, USC at Washington. You can find that at picksandparlays.net, along with a lot of useful info and analysis. Also, head to our YouTube page if you missed any of the games from this week. We're back tomorrow, same time, same place, on Picks and Parlays Radio. See you tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.